0: At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to Living Full Out with Nancy Soleri. As a successful motivational speaker and trusted life coach, Nancy knows how you can live the life you want regardless of the challenges you face. Although she's legally blind, Nancy's mission is to inspire others to overcome obstacles and live life full out. Call in at 800-333-0001 to ask Nancy for advice on topics such as relationships, finances, business, health, and more. Just call 800-333-0001. Once again, that's 800-333-0001. And now, here's Nancy.
1: Hello, welcome to The Living Full Out Show. My name is Nancy Soleri and today we're going to be focusing on trauma. Now, some of us have, cons- have encountered trauma in our life personally or we've seen others go through You know, their need to fight for their life and, and get back their ability to walk, run, speak, be able to eat on their own. All of those things that sometimes we can take for granted in the everyday functions of our day. But today, in talking about trauma, if you are dealing with a, a crisis in your own life or or a family member or friend, do feel free to give us a call. We are going to open up the phone lines at numbers 800-333-0001. And also, this is your time to get motivation around any topic in your life, anywhere where you are looking to move yourself forward and really live your life full out in a big way. Um, again, talking about trauma, it's, it's a very interesting thing because until we have faced it until we are living in that moment sometimes it's it's hard to really get the essence of what intense trauma feels like and that's why in our next segment we're going to be having Dan Cummings coming on and telling his story of going through his traumatic accident and, and what he needed to do to get his life back. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions after the show, definitely make sure to connect with us. You can email us at connect at livingfullout.com. Let us know your thoughts on the show, questions you may have, or perhaps you would be a great guest for our show. Okay, we're going to go to the phone lines now. Well, Welcome to the Living Full Out Show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for calling in. So what's going on today?
2: Um, I had a question about um, what I should major in in college because I am, I'm not really interested in anything much except for English, but I'm not really that good at it. So I was wondering if I should pursue it even though I'm worried I'm not going to be able to do well.
1: Hmm. You know what? I'm so glad that you called in because you're you're just being honest. You know, you, it, what, what is it about writing? What is it about that career that you want it so much?
2: I just have always loved to read. Um, mm-hmm. The writing process is what's hard for me, but
1: mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. loved reading. Well, and, and what you might want to explore is whether or not writing is where you should be. Cause the thing is you can enjoy reading and reading can, can turn into mentoring. Reading can turn into being a trainer a manager you know people who read who can absorb information m- you know who maybe can recall dates or stories really well that's a gift all on its own so just because you love reading doesn't necessarily mean that that should translate to becoming a writer because writing is a very creative process but it's also one that all my friends who are writers they all kind of get into this place where they have to go away for like sometimes days or weeks at a time, just isolate themselves to get a project done. So, you know, you, you have to decide whether or not the world of writing is one that really fires you up. And one of the best ways to do that is to shadow somebody for a day or interview somebody who's a writer. So, if you were to consider the different writing styles that you might want to do, whether it be newspaper, magazine, maybe working for a, a website who has a blog, whatever it could look like, you know call up that person say hey can i can I interview you for about thirty minutes I'll let them know how you got started, what you needed to get your job, all of that, and then maybe even shadow them and just see if that's something that that feels like home to you, feels like a career you would enjoy, otherwise, at your school. I bet you have career counselors or a career department. And a lot of times those departments get overlooked. People don't take advantage of them as much as they should. If you go in there and you tell them, I love to read, you know, what are all the various careers I could do because I love reading so much? And I'm sure you would actually come up with some other potential ideas. Just make sure that you go in a direction that really excites you, that really has you feel like, gosh, this is what I was meant to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. The great thing is the fact that you're acknowledging that, you know, you're not sure if writing's the right direction to go, don't dismiss that because something inside you is questioning it and you don't want to go four years studying a major on a question mark, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you invest time in classes that really is in a career that you just feel like you were meant to do. So that's what I would do. And, and you know, you know, definitely call in. Let us know how things go. Thank you so much, Nancy. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye-bye. Crossroad moments, right? We all have them. What do you do? Which way do you go? Are we making the right decision? Sometimes we can be paralyzed in life by indecision. So I uh, applaud that last caller for being able to kind of look at herself in the mirror and say, hey, I love to read. Is writing where I should be? It's a good question. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines now. Uh, Welcome to the Living Full Out Show. Hi, how are you today? Hi, thank you for calling in. I'm great. So tell us what's on your mind today. Hi.
2: Hi, so um, I have an 8-year-old daughter, and she's my youngest. And um, I'm just wondering how much time alone should I be spending with her um every week to have a good relationship I feel like um I don't only really spend alone time with her we have kind of a large family so I'm not with her alone very often and I'm just kind of feeling like I should maybe focus on that a little bit more um
1: mm-hmm. so yeah how I'm many considering... how many how many children in your family there's four there's four and are they are they all are, are she is she the only girl there are other girls too no, so I have three daughters, and they're okay. nine, or I mean eight, eight,
2: 12, and 19.
1: And I have a son that's 15. Son that's 15. And there's only 24 hours in the day, right? There's only seven days in the week, and there's other commitments too. Yeah, so I, yes. I, I, I really appreciate the question that you're asking. And. You know, all you can do in life as you parent, you know, is is the best you can. There's no manual to how to do this, so you just kind of got to feel it through. And certain children are going to need more of you at different times. I think it's just about being aware and being as perceptive as you can. Sometimes Mm -hmm. little moments can be shared in just getting ready in the morning, you know, Um, finding out what her fashion style is. You know, what do you like? You know, constantly asking her questions of, where is she at? Because it doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or you're 48 years old, okay? When, when people when people ask questions and they invest time in them, even in a little way, like, what are you thinking? What do you like? You know, that really fires that person up. That really makes them feel valued, feel appreciated. So it isn't to say yeah. that you necessarily have to spend a half a day with just her alone, but little teeny moments. Oh, maybe you're in the car, and maybe every day a girl gets to pick the song, of the, the, the song that they want to hear. You know, what are you feeling today? You know, what song would represent how you feel today? What outfit would represent how you feel today? You know, how was school? You know, just really co- constantly ask questions, but not in like a helicopter mom way, but like in a, in a, I'm here for you. I love you. I think you're the most amazing eight-year-old I've ever met, maybe outside of your older sisters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I would yeah. just... Yeah. And, you know, when I look back at my life and I think about, you know, my mom, because my mom is one of my best friends. Um, you know, I remember we were watching this show one time called Indecent Proposal. Granted, probably not the right show to be watching with your daughter. But anyway, um, there was this saying in that where the guy and the gal says, have I ever told you I love you? And the other person says, yes. And and then they say, have i ever told you I love you. And the person says still. Anyway, there's this whole exchange that my mom and I memorized. And so from time to time, one of us will turn to the other randomly and say, have I ever told you I loved you? So what I'm saying is you can have like little special moments, maybe even quotes from a movie or um, songs that you sing together. It does not take much time at all. Just little moments that are special to you and her. Mm
2: -hmm. So just kind of integrate it into what I already do.
1: Integrate Um, it to what you already do, but just find those moments. Yeah, like if there's Mm -hmm. like a a movie that she really likes or a song that she really likes, blast it in the car, sing with her, you know, have that be a focus. Mm -hmm. If there's something that she's always wanted to do and you can't afford to take the extra time, then go do it. If it's like a painting class, do something with her. It's just sometimes I get it, those hour, you know, multiple hour long, half day, full day excursions, sometimes they're it's just too much of a day. You know what I mean? That's why I'm yeah, saying look good. look for those little moments that that you and her can can have together. Um that's but great. I love that you're thinking about it. You sound like a great mom. So you know keep doing that and, and your whole family <laughs> is gonna live full out together. So thank you so much for calling in. Great.
2: great. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: You too. Bye-bye. So Another great question. I mean, here's the thing. It's all about really taking in little life moments. It's all about relishing in today. And that leads us into the topic of today, being trauma, because we never know when something's going to happen to ourselves. We never know when something is going to come up for someone we love. And you want to maximize every moment of every day that you can. If you are facing a traumatic situation, there's a lot of people that are quite, are quite frankly haunted by a a traumatic situation in their life, or sometimes people fear that something could happen. If you're fearing a future trauma, or if you're trying to heal from a past trauma, either one of those can really have you feel paralyzed, can really have you feel emotionally trapped, sometimes physically trapped in not being able to thrive and be the person you want to be. So whether that's you or whether that is someone that in your life that you're trying to support, what I love about our next guest coming up, Dan Cummings, is that his story will show you how you can take a traumatic situation and really blossom it into just positive and actually recover believe it or not you can recover from a traumatic situation so definitely stay with us again i'm nancy Solari. this is the living full out show and uh, we'll be coming right back with dan cummings Isn't this dinner party wonderful? Jeanette and Bill did so much planning, and the house looks great. Well, you know, it was almost canceled. Did you hear that Bill was really sick with the flu two weeks ago? No, I had no idea. I've been so busy at work. But my co-worker's toddler was in the hospital with flu, too. Is Bill okay? It was pretty serious and aggravated his asthma. Bill got sick quickly with a high fever. Fortunately, Jeanette got him to the doctor right away... The doctor said it was flu and prescribed a medication that helped him get back on his feet.
3: I didn't know flu was so serious
0: until I heard Bill say he felt like he'd been hit by a truck. He missed a big meeting at work.
1: Well, thank goodness Jeanette had gotten her flu shot. Because, you know, she's expecting... (gasps) What?
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: I guess that was another thing you guys didn't know either.
0: A message from the Department of Health and Human Services. Hi. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm abusing my children. Not just verbally, but physically. I'll get back to you. If only child abuse was this easy to recognize. If you even suspect abuse, call
1: Child Help at 1-800-4-A-CHILD or visit ChildHelp.org. We've helped millions.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office
1: If people help millions of children. All calls are anonymous and confidential, so call 1 800 4 A Child or visit childhelp.org. Child Help. Trust your instincts. Brought to you by Child Help and the Ad Council.
0: Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In the world of fairy tales, Sleeping Beauty had three good fairies to protect her. But in our world, protecting the beauty of the forest is the responsibility of everyone.
2: Listen
0: well, all of you. Nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans and can be prevented.
1: We'll all pitch it. If humans can do it, so can we.
0: Only you
1: can prevent
0: wildfires. Log on to SmokeyBear.com to find out what you can do. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Living Full Out with Nancy Solari, A professional motivational speaker, Nancy can help you overcome obstacles and start living full out. Call in with questions live at 800-333-0001. Once again, that's 800-333-0001. And now, here's Nancy.
1: Welcome back. This is the Living Full Out Show. I am Nancy Solari, and today we are talking about trauma and Coming up here, we have our very special guest, Dan Cummings, but it, it, the thing is is trauma does happen just randomly it 's not planned; it enters our life, shakes up our world, but it 's it's, it's how you how you step into action mode from there. Do you just settle and, and, and kind of give up, or do you press forward in healing in recovery in asking for support when needed again, Dan Cummings is such a great example. Of how he went on to take a traumatic situation and and go beyond what anybody thought was possible. So I'd like to welcome first of all Dan Cummings. Welcome, Dan. Hi Nancy. How are you? I am great. Boy, aren't you full of energy today? I love it. Hi. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I love you for it. Having
2: me.
1: Well, so here's the thing. I want to take our audience back because your trauma, your incident, your accident, occurred just on a beautiful summer day, you know, just a, a day that nothing should have gone wrong, but your life truly turned upside down. Can you take a step back to that day?
3: Yeah, I was 19 years old. It was June 24, 2000, and it was just a typical day. I went to work that day. I would just finished my first semester of college, so I would have my summer job. And I went to work, I came home, and and I met up with a bunch of my friends and my girlfriend, and uh, we were on a lake swimming, and I, uh, we're all hanging out, and I, you know, we're all swimming. I was on a boat, I dove off a boat, not realizing the depth of the water. Next thing I knew, I opened my eyes on the water, and I couldn't move. And thankfully, two of my friends saw that I wasn't getting up, so they ran in, pulled me out of the water, and onto the shore. And I immediately noticed I couldn't move my legs. And I was yelling, I can't move my legs. I can't move my legs.
1: And no, Dan. Uh, that was when
3: a friend bent down and he started hitting my leg. He said, Dan, can you feel that? And I couldn't feel it, Nancy. And I knew right away what happened. And I yelled, call 911. And that was the last thing I remember.
1: Wow. And and Dan, I'm just curious because, I mean, that's, I mean, so much to take in for our audience right now. But I, I want to I kind of go back a bit. I mean, everybody's jumped off a boat. Everybody's jumped off a, a little cliff or a big cliff at some point. And we never, all, we don't always know the, the depth of the water. In your case, you went head first. And when you hit your head, were you alert? Were you aware? Did you, did you did you know that something had happened while you were in the water?
3: No, it happened. I don't know. I just, you know, I was under there and I couldn't, I remember opening my eyes on the water. And I yeah. remember that, and okay. I, I didn't know. I just couldn't okay. move, and it happened you so couldn't... quickly. And all of a sudden, I was pulled on the water, onto the shore, out of the water, and I do, that's when I realized, you know, when I couldn't move my legs, I was scared. But then mm-hmm. when I couldn't feel my friend touching my leg, that's when I knew what happened. And um, I just, when, when, yeah, when I when think my mind went into shock.
1: Your mind went into shock, and and... and, yeah. and and I can imagine, I mean, the trauma that must have been going on in your body, just, you know, just the shock and and, and not knowing, you know, what had happened. When when one was called and they showed up, did they do any specific testing while you were there or did they automatically just take you off to the hospital?
3: I was, uh, from what I was told, because at this point, you know, I do not remember, but from what I was told, yes, the ambulance uh, came and they took me out of the beach to a local high school and at the local high school there was a helicopter there waiting for me, a med flight Mm -hmm. and so they med flighted me from the high school schoolyard to Boston Medical Center and that's where I spent a month in the intensive care unit and not only did I break my neck but I swallowed a lot of dirty water when I was underwater so I came down with a severe pneumonia my left lung had collapsed and I was on a life support system known as a ventilator I was not able to breathe on my own.
1: Now here, now here, you were in the hospital. What was the prognosis? What what did the doctor say in terms of your you know your the status of your your health? You know, would you be permanently um, disabled? What what, what were you being told?
3: I was Mm -hmm. out of it. I don't really remember, but my family was having you know daily meetings, you know, by daily meetings, sometimes weekly meetings, and uh, with the doctors just getting you know, constant updates, and the doctors just, my family asked the doctors the chance of me getting up and walking out of there. Doctors just told my family take one day at a time. They weren't sure if I was going to make it through the night. And, um, you know, thankfully I did. You know, two and a half weeks later, I started to breathe a little bit of my own. The pneumonia had cleared up. My left lung had gotten stronger, and I was now able to my own, so I was going to survive, they realized, but the thought of me ever walking again or ever having any sense of independence was out of the question. They said I would be a C6-dependent quadriplegic. I would spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair, and I would be lucky if I could ever feed myself again, is what I was told.
1: Dan, when I hear you say that, I mean, I can't imagine when you were told that, and I think you remember, I think your brother told you, right? When you t- when you were told yeah, that... Yeah,
3: my brother Tommy what? is the one who let me know that. That is what the doctors were telling them, Yes.
1: And, and what is that moment like? I mean, did you go into a depression? Did you? Were you in denial? No. Were you sad? No,
3: I didn't go into depression, honestly. It brought a smile to my face and an immediate rush of determination that I was going to prove them wrong. And it just motivated me more. You know, it lit a, a fire into my butt. Mm-hmm. You know, them telling me I couldn't do it, just wanted me to do it even more. And it wanted, made me want it even more. So, uh, no, I didn't get depressed. I didn't get upset. As a we're, matter of fact, is probably the best thing they could have, have done for me. They told me and, I not do it because that made me and, want it more.
1: And if you kind of think about that moment, because I think that everybody has, it's really important to get in touch with your body, in touch with with. with that side of ourselves that you had, that determination side, do you think it was more so the fact that you always had a positive mindset and it was mind or matter? Do you think that it was your heart or your core of your being that said, I'm going to fight? I'm I'm sorry, this news is not going to be for me. What do you think it was in you?
3: Well, you know, I'm the youngest of seven. I played sports my whole life. I played football and baseball up through high school. I was only a year removed from high school. I was only 19 years old at the time. I knew I had my whole life ahead of me. So age was on my side. Youth was on my side. And I truly, truly believed that as long as I just took one day at a time and I gave it everything that I had on that one in particular day, that there would come a day I got up and walked again. I truly believed that whether it was two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. When I was young. I was only 19. And mm-hmm. I really believed that. And I made a promise to myself that I was never going to give up. And that's what I was mm-hmm. going to do. And that's what I did. And seven years later, I took my first steps, you know. But I, I just took it one day at a time, you know, up you after just... that moment. And I still do. Just take and it one just... day at a time and give it everything I have that one day because you just never know what happens tomorrow anyway.
1: You never know, and and, and 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 what were in those seven years? What were those phases of recovery for you?
3: Yeah, uh, it was slow. Very, very slow. Uh, but I was making progress. You know, it was continued progress, but it was so slow. It's a game of inches. Um, you know, I was only, I was. Insurance companies was only covering forty five minutes, three days a week. And I knew I needed more than 45 minutes, three days a week. You know, I was recovering from a spinal cord injury, you know, not a broken leg. And, um, on you know, my off days, I would go to the YMCA where I rode an electrical stimulation bike, which was a stationary bike where they put electrodes on my legs. And the electrical stimulation fired my muscles where I was able to pedal the pedals on the stationary bike. And I had a trainer work with my upper body. So I was doing that on my off days, and then at home, I was getting my standing frame every single night for two to three hours a night, you know, and I had my little workout regimen at home, and I was doing as much as I could on my own, and I was getting better, but, you know, I felt like my therapists were teaching me how to live in my wheelchair, and I wanted to be taught how to get out of my wheelchair, you know, and I remember going into my physical therapy sessions, going in there. You know, by the time they get you out of the wheelchair, get you on the mat, stretch you out, do these range of motion exercises, you know, 30 minutes is gone.
2: Mm. And then,
3: you know, they get to start getting you out of the, off the mat and in the wheelchair, you know, so you're ready to get out of there, for, you know, at the 45 minute mark. So it's really not much. It was a maintenance program. And I remember mm-hmm. leaving there feeling like I could go right back in there and do it all over again. And mm. that was a problem. Because I know how you're supposed to fail after a workout. You're supposed mm-hmm. to feel tired. You're supposed to feel exhausted. You're not supposed to feel like, oh, I can go do that workout all over again. No problem. That's just well, not it- how you're supposed to fail. And I knew that that was the problem. I knew I needed to be – I needed more. You know, I needed more of an opportunity. And that I was not getting that in Boston.
1: So well, I ended and- up
3: having to move to California. They found a specialized place out there that worked with individuals with spinal cord injuries up to three hours a day. But it wasn't just three hours. It was three hours of intense like, exercise. You know, I was on. You know, I found about, out about this place. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I found out about it and I went to visit it. And I went in there and I was in there for not even five minutes. And, you know, I see quadriplegics and paraplegics on total gyms, on spin bikes, on treadmills. You know, those trainers are doing things with their clients that my therapist wouldn't dream of doing with me. And I knew that that was the program I needed to be a part of. So my well, biggest and, 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 problem was at the time I lived 3,000 miles away and I was mm-hmm. a dependent quadriplegic at that time. You know, I wasn't able to dress myself or do all that. So I, uh, I went home to Boston with the goal of becoming independent enough to move to california
1: on my own hey dan so I hey dan kind of
3: in 2002.
1: hey dan yeah dan i'm so sorry we're gonna to have to go to a break here so i want to i okay. want to pause here because we got a lot more good information to come in your story so stay with us we're with dan cummings we'll be right back after this break yeah.
0: Professional skateboarder Tony Hawk here with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day, you'll have the energy to skate through anything. (laughs) Nice play on white, Doc. That's how I roll, Bugs. So whether you like to work the half pipe... Now that's catching air. Kick the soccer ball around... or dance in your room. Just move it your way. For an hour a day. The way you like to move, as long as you're moving. Carve out some time every day and get active. Because it's time to do a 180 on what you think exercise is. Because it can be whatever you want it to be. So be a player. Be a player. Get up and play an hour a day, Doc. Check out how to be a player at letsmove.gov. Head online to get tips.
1: I want the moms where I live to have childcare they can trust. I want to make sure. My- With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: My little brother and his friends have a safe place to play.
2: Leave I want to help more kids graduate from high school.
1: Help more hardworking families learn how to budget and save.
2: I want more
0: of my neighbors to have access to health care. Want to make a difference? There are so many ways you can. Help create opportunities for everyone in your community.
1: I want to change what I see around here.
0: United Way is creating real, lasting change where you live by focusing on the building blocks of a better life, education, income, and health.
1: I mean, I just want to see more smiles on my
0: sidewalks. Reach out a hand to one and influence the condition of all. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. For more, visit United Way at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to Living Full Out with Nancy Solari. As a trusted life coach, Nancy will help you overcome setbacks and embrace all life has to offer. Call in with questions live at 800-333-0001. Once again, that's 800-333-0001. And now, here's Nancy.
1: Hello, this is the Living Full Out Show. I am Nancy Solari, and we are continuing our interview with Dan Cummings. Today, we're talking about trauma, how to how to heal, recover, move forward past a traumatic accident, which which Dan was sharing with us when he broke his neck and, and his different levels of recovery that he had to really take, take part in. And Dan, I want to pick up with you um, um, on where we were. And I actually want to go back just a little bit, if we could, before we go to the center uh, that you were just telling us about in California. Um, yeah. One of the things that I get all the time from clients who write in or people who are my life coaching clients who have over who have been through a traumatic situation is you know how do you how do you find the patience how do you find the will to just keep going every day I mean for you it, it was the little things like you know being it not being able to feed yourself not being able to change your clothes and the fact that it took like it just took a little bit each day to move forward now I know you're a positive person but for others who maybe don't have that same positive outlook, how do you muster the energy, the the determination to get through?
3: I just, um, you know, I mean that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if it's how I was I was made or what. It's just what I. It's just what I want. You know, I want uh, I want independence, and I want the best for myself, and you know, nothing comes easy. How do I, you know, my mom was a very strong woman. You know, I don't know if I get it from my mom. Um, maybe I'm stubborn. I don't, you know, I
1: just, (laughs) well, we all have that stubborn side. I don't
3: really know it. It's just who I am. You know, to me, to me, I would think anyone in my position would do anything they can to improve themselves and you know, the pe- that's all the people- is, to me it's a no brainer, why not? You know, what's what's the alternative? You can sit there and not do anything and not get any better, or you could do something and mm-hmm. try to improve and get yourself better. You know, time's you know, going by anyway, you might as well use it, you know, to your advantage.
1: The, the you know, um, you obviously your mom was a supporter of yours, your brother, your your core family, but during that time, you know. Did you find that you were very supported, or did you find that you were isolated? You know, what yeah, happened well, to the various um, relationships in your yeah, life? Yeah,
3: well, you know, I, you know, when I'm, I felt that I a lot of support. Without a doubt, my family was behind me. Uh, but when it came to moving to California, they did not want me to do that. They, and I, which I understood, my, my brother who lived out in L.A., which was a couple hours north of this facility, He was probably the most supportive of it. You know, he said, whatever you want, I'm here for you, you know, um, which I understand. But, you know, like I said, when I went to visit the center, you know, September 2002 and then came home, I was very dependent. You know, I had a personal care assistant who helped me with my daily needs. I had my older brothers and sisters. And, you know, but I wanted to force myself independent enough to go move alone and that's what i worked on for 11 months very hard you know i stopped letting people do things for me anymore you know tying my sneakers was taking me 45 minutes but you know three months later i was doing it in 15 minutes and two months later i was doing it in you know 10 minutes and i was now able to dress myself and put my buttons and zipper my zippers which was hard when i couldn't move my fingers and um you know, I went and I learned how to drive again. So then when it came time for me to move and I told my family, all right, I feel like I'm ready to go, I felt resistance. They did not want me to go. He's like, what do you mean? You know, you didn't, Which I understood. You know, I was the youngest of seven. I'm the younger brother. I've never lived alone. Now here I am, 22 years old. I'm going to move to California as a quadriplegic in a wheelchair for the first time. So I understood mm. what they were saying. But at the same time this was the program that I needed to be a part of if I wanted to reach my goal of walking again. I really knew that and I believed mm-hmm. that. So take, I was going me... regardless. And so yeah. I did go and I did take... end up going. But that is the one time I'd say I didn't feel uh You,
1: you felt know, I had pu- some to... <laughs> pushback. Yeah. Take take me take me to the day. The, the day that you were finally able to walk even a little bit for the first time here, you are doing, now you're in California, you're doing all this therapy, all this exercise, all this training, but what was that day like when you were able to stand and walk for the first time on your own?
3: Yeah, I'll never forget it. Uh, we were working out and it was, you know, nearly seven years later, it was in 2007. And, uh, It was actually January of 2007, and at this point, I was now able to put one foot in front of the other, holding on to a walker. However, I needed somebody to hold on to me, because if they let go of me, my balance wasn't good enough, and I'd fall. So my specialist had a gate belt around my chest. He was holding on to me, and I was taking these steps. And all of a sudden, he said, Dan, I let go. And I said, what? He said, I let go. You're doing it on your own. He didn't even tell me he was going to let go, but he did. And I said, what? And he came walking around to my side mm. so I could see that he's not holding on to me. And I continued to go. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm doing it. I'm doing this on my own. And mm. it felt like, honestly, it was It felt like I was walking on air. It felt like I was walking on a cloud. And I remember leaving that therapy session in my car, driving home to my apartment. And I cried. I had tears coming down my eyes. And I just remember feeling a sense of, of, you know, like victory. A sense of victory that, you know, I came out here with the goal four years ago. And my goal was to walk again. And I did that, and I felt a very strong sense of victory. That was that was a proud moment
1: in my life. Oh, Dan, I'm so glad you had that moment because I mean, I think we're all with you and sharing that moment and having you tell it, and I, you know, being able to finally walk. I mean, what a what a great accomplishment! And obviously, being able to share that with your family and friends, and just letting that kind of be, you know, the opening to such a bright future of different things that you wanted to do. So. Now that you're stronger, now that you're starting to walk again, what does Dan Cummings do next? <laughs> because you are a man full of determination. Once you had your legs back and you were ready to start walking, what did you do? What did you do next?
3: Well, I wanted to bring that program home to Boston because I couldn't understand, you know, coming from Boston, Massachusetts, the capital, of the medical field, we have the best hospitals, the best doctors, you know, why do I have to find a place I'd have to move 3,000 miles away to find a place to not only help me walk again but to give me my life back you know quality life independence so I wanted to come home and start my own place so I came home with the help of my brother Jimmy we raised $350,000 and we founded a nonprofit organization called Journey Forward and I modeled it after the center in California we located in Canton, Massachusetts and we work with we originally opened up work with spinal cord injuries, but we have actually since started work with all neurological disorders, such as brain injuries and stroke. And we actually just brought on our first client with cerebral palsy two weeks ago, and that's going phenomenal. So that's what I do. I started that facility in mm-hmm.
1: 2008. Wow. Well, y- you know, forward. you know, Dan, it's it that that's to me one of the greatest mysteries. And, and, and precious things about life is that we can go through this unexpected accident, trauma, tragedy, heartbreak, you know, long seven-year recovery period, and then it bursts this this nonprofit, it, it, this new purpose and vision for your life. and And I'm just wondering, when you think about those seven years that it took to recover, when you think about just that that block of time that was lost, a lot of your 20s in terms of being able to do the active things that one would normally do, would you change your path if you could? Would you have had that accident never happen?
3: I would not. If I could go back to that day, I I would still jump off the boat. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. I really, really do. You know, and you know, I have a great life today. You know, is it difficult? Yeah, sometimes things can be difficult, but you know, life's difficult anyway, you know. And, no, if I didn't break my neck, you know, there would be no journey forward. Where would, ha- where would our 80 clients go? They would have nowhere to go. And, you know, I have a mission. I'm 35 years old today. My mission is to continue opening these centers around the country because there's not enough out there. There's not enough opportunity for these individuals, for people like myself out there, you know and that's what i want to do and that's my calling in life so no everything happens for a reason i am who i am today because of what happened on june 24th 2000
1: well and it's interesting because you heard that call you answered it and you you took your life into action and not only did you walk again but you created this nonprofit and 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 that serves as such a great example for all of us and you know there's going to be other people who have other conditions that perhaps in their local area, their community, they don't have the resources they wish they had. And what I think is so amazing about your story is for everybody listening, like Dan, you too can bring a facility closer to you. You too can create that. If somebody is wondering, well, how do I even get started doing that, what advice would you give them?
3: For, uh, uh, what, for what it will just not well. What, if, anything well, like that.
1: Well, no, like 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 how you did, like how you wanted to bring that facility from California to your local town. Okay. If somebody else is also feeling like, gosh, I want to do that, what if did that mean? If somebody wanted take? to
3: bring a set of their local town, but mm-hmm. that's you're asking a Journey Forward, yes. they could simply contact me at Journey Forward, and we could have that conversation because that's my goal: is to open these centers around the country. I cannot do it alone. I mm-hmm. can't. I need help, Mm -hmm. you know, and if there are people out there who want to help do that, then they can contact me at Journey Forward, you know, our website is journey-forward.org, my name is Dan Cummings, they can email me my email address and numbers on there, and if that's what they wanted to do, I'm certainly more than happy to sit down, talk, and work together to make it happen.
1: Well, Dan, thank you so much for being on our show today, and, and I'm glad we were able to share that information with our listeners. And and again, you are just you're just living full out every day. I love it. So thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you and, so
3: much, Nancy. It's so great talking to you, and I wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. All right. And bye um, bye. So that was Dan Cummings, and honestly, what a story, what a, what a gem, what a perfect example of what we can achieve in life. So we'll be coming back after this break, taking your calls. We'll be back.
2: Hey
3: Dad. Yeah. You remember that ball game we went to a couple years ago? Sure. And how you didn't have enough cash for two hot dogs, so you walked with me on your shoulders until we found an ATM? And then when we got back to our seats, we never saw the hot dog guy again.
0: Well, I don't
2: remember all that. Yeah, that was an awesome game. You never know which moments will be the ones they'll remember forever. So take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov.
0: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
1: Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice
2: skates. I'm getting a devastating flood.
0: Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming, but we can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council.
1: There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. (laughs) Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives wireless emergency alerts now on many mobile devices use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area with updates from local sources you know and trust you can be in the know wherever you are learn more at ready.gov alerts brought
2: to you by fema and the ad council
0: this is president barack obama in the story of america the greatest chapters are moments of challenge when we see people serving their country and one another Volunteers who step forward into hospital corridors and church basements, along levees and fire lines. And the next chapter is yours to help write. Sign up to volunteer at usaservice.org. That's usaservice.org. Let's renew America together. A message from Renew America Together, brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: When facing trauma in our life, it is important to really tap into your core, your heart, your positive state of mind, because truly you're worth it. And with that determination, you can look beyond the traumatic situation that you encountered. You can heal. You can recover. You always have the ability to live full out. It's just putting your, your foot forward every day and reaching forward every day.
0: You're listening to Living Full Out with Nancy Soleri. As a certified life coach, Nancy can help you to overcome challenges and start living full out. Call in with questions live at 800-333-0001. Once again, that's 800-333-0001. And now, here's Nancy.
1: Okay, here we are, amazing, at the end of the show. This is Nancy Soleri, I'm the Living, this is, I am, this is the Living Full Show. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm so glad that Dan shared his story with us in our last segment about the determination that he had so that he would walk again. And I got goosebumps personally having him share with us that story because we all have that moment in life. For you, it may be a health issue. Concern. It may be a health challenge. It may be relationships. Maybe that you're you're looking for that moment where you can walk in a relationship and find that person to run with. It may be that you're so tired of struggling financially that you just want to you want to be free. You want to feel that sense of relief and and happiness. All of that is possible. But the biggest thing is you always have to be your best advocate. You always have to put yourself. First, put yourself out there so that you can achieve those accomplishments. And when we talk about trauma, I mean, that can take years to recover from a trauma. It took uh, Dan Cummings seven years. For some people, it is a life journey to heal emotionally and physically. But what I love about positivity, what I love about motivation is that you can achieve little steps every day of growth. And it's, no, it's just a matter of not giving up on yourself. When I think about my life and being legally blind, I mean, like Dan, my challenges are in a different form. I mean, if I can't see something, you know, that can get really frustrating. It takes me staying positive. It takes me saying, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. If I can't do it myself, I'm going to ask for help. It's just about being honest. That's the biggest thing. And when you're honest, when you have determination, any traumatic situation, crossroad in your life, you can overcome. We are going to go back to the phone lines now. Uh, welcome to the Living Full Out Show.
2: Hi. Hello.
1: Hi. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Um, so
2: I am a junior in college, and um, I'm really happy about the direction I'm going in in life and everything. But I get really confused and overwhelmed about, like, the specific paths that I
1: can take.
2: Um, And I'm wondering, like, what are some ways that I can, like, navigate that confusion?
1: What confuses you the most? In what way?
2: Um, I guess I'm just a very big picture kind of person. So I think about my life kind of as as a whole. And um, I get confused about um, where things will take me, um, much much later on. Um, for example, like I really I really want to be a college professor, but I'm not sure if that will uh, you know take my life a certain way that gets um, too overwhelming. Um, so I don't know. It's just I get I get self doubt about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I have two thoughts for you, actually, on this. Um, My first thought is that, um, I don't know if you enjoy cooking or not, but but go back to a time that you've ever cooked anything, a dish, right? You have a recipe, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have the final product. In your case, becoming a professor is the final product. Like, you have the big picture. You have Mm -hmm. the meal, okay? But it's going to take all the ingredients – the mixing the the baking time all of that and that's what you're doing right now although having a big picture having a vision is so critical to having any of our dreams come true you have to allow yourself this time to bask in the the ingredients, the, the the baking, the creative time. This is the time that you can explore, you know, what kind of professor do I want to be? Really look at all the diff- different professors that you're going to have over time in your college career. When you're watching them teach, what, what do you like that they do? What do you like that they don't do? When you get certain materials, always be constantly inspecting and watching and learning, not just the information, the education, But the mannerisms, the teaching styles, you know, what deans, what professors, what um, administration staff are are well-liked, are well-considered, and why are they? So that you can evolve and develop into that strong professional that you want to be, that vision that you have for yourself. My second thought is that the beauty of life is that you want to experience it. If we have everything planned out and we put too many structures in place, a couple things can happen. A, we might reach our goal and be like, ta-da, I achieved it. I'm so happy I made it. (laughs) Yay. But then life does just happen. Those curveballs are going to come. You know, a traumatic situation might happen in your life that takes it off into a different course, and hopefully not. But if it does, and you don't know what's going to come ahead of you, you might have somebody come into your life, that impacts you so much that that steers you in a certain direction of being a certain type of professor educator you might have a life circumstance happen in your life that dictates a direction in which you're going to go the the teachings that you're going to do so what i would say is just let life unfold you know keep that vision near and dear in your heart always close your eyes and be able to envision yourself teaching, being a professor, enjoying what you do. But what you teach, what that exactly looks like, I would let that kind of, you know, kind of happen naturally. Um, Of course, if there is something that you are excited about and most passionate about, I would try to steer yourself in that direction. Is there a certain type of teaching or, uh, you know, a certain type of professor that you see yourself being?
2: Um, yeah well I go to school for fine arts and um, I love I love it so much and um, I kind of came up with the idea of being a professor just because i I love all my professors so much and I want to have that impact on other people someday and so you know I love I love art and I love art history and um, there's just so many different ways it could go um, so that's kind of the direction I want to go but um, you know, I don't really know. (laughs) Well,
1: okay. And and so I love that you don't know. I love that you don't know. (laughs) And that, and remember right now you're just mixing the bowl. You're putting all the ingredients right in right now, right now you're stirring that pot. You're trying to figure it out. So what I want you to consider, if fine arts is where you want to be, if that's where your passion lies and you just said it yourself, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I want you to Find certain people, maybe it's professors that you know, but I would actually um, encourage you and challenge you to to find professionals outside of your university and, and I would shadow them. I would interview them. I would study up on various bios of people outside of your university and just look for how people got to where they are. You know what training did they have? What what mm-hmm. jobs did they have before they got the one that they love so much? And just just take it in. Take it all in and then just trust yourself. Most of all, just trust yourself that you're going to make the right decisions as they come up for you. Okay? Thank you so much. Absolutely. Really I, well, I'm excited. I I'm so excited for you. I can't handle it. <laughs> thank you. So just oh, thank you so, so much. Just, absolutely so just go out there keep stirring the pot keep learning and then you know hold that vision near and dear to your heart but you know being a fine arts professor is absolutely your future and the exciting part is we just don't know in what way that's exciting Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah but thank you so much for calling in thank you so much you're very helpful oh i appreciate that thank you so much Bye 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 so Again, what a great question, right? You know, whether you are dealing with a traumatic situation in your life, whether you're at a life crossroad and you're not sure which way to go, the beauty of life is just letting life unfold. That's exciting. Don't ever lose track of that. I know that there are going to be times on this show where I say, you know, that a schedule is great because I really do. I love having a schedule. It keeps me on task and keeps me going and I get everything well, most everything done I need in a day. But at the same time, the beauty of life is that all these unknowns, all this, these people that are going to enter your world and impact your life in different ways or life experiences, that's exciting to not have it all planned out. Just, just run into life with the passion in your heart, and everything else will fall into place. I want to make sure that as we wrap today's show up, that I just really acknowledge those that again, are dealing with a traumatic um, time in their life because it's so easy to feel like you just want to give up. It's so easy to wonder and fear if you'll ever recover, if life will ever feel quote quote normal again. And I'm hoping that Dan Cummings' interview served as a positive example for you to to not give up, to to press forward, to find your own internal determination. Sometimes when we talk about these things, it might sound like rah, 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 but the thing is, is the person who you are inside, the person who you were before the trauma, that person is still in there. That person has not gone anywhere. You might have changed. You might be a little bit more worried, a little bit more fearful, a little bit more anxious, but that person is not lost. It's just a matter of you Bringing that person back out, doing everything you can for your inner soul, for your inner being, to give them that ability to, to walk, to laugh, to reclaim your life. It's never too late. Again, that's the beauty of life. I want to thank everybody who puts the show together: Rich Hall, Mindy Lockhart, Roxana, who everyone here in the studio. Um, it's really amazing just how much support we get for the show and we're here for you each week as well go to livingfullout.com if you want to check out past shows or hear this one again or connect with us at connect at we look forward to seeing you next week and here's to you living your life full out